0: Fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy
1: Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. Hey, it's a Friday, man. You made it to the end of the week another one down pat yourself on the back the last full week for the month of february put that in the noggin let that process for just a moment as we continue to roll through this wild world that's called 2024 welcome into the show it's so wonderful to have you as we get ready for another one we have so much to get to on the program today i don't know how we're going to get to all of this but we will do our darndest as we do every single day welcome in this is the voice reason i am andy hoosier broadcasting out of the heart of the nation in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Welcome in. Uh let's see, where do I start today? Oh, let's get to our big breaking story, shall we? There's some breaking news right What's now.
0: What's trending
1: today? That is going on as we speak. Not a lot of information yet, but I don't know if we will get a whole lot of information, but apparently there is a new Chinese balloon gate 2.0 happening as we speak right now. Oh, yes. According to the Associated Press and CBS News, they say that the military is currently tracking a, quote, high-altitude balloon flying over the western portion of the nation. The latest report shows that it's been seen over the state of Colorado, so obviously it's been there for a little bit. If it's gone from all the way from the west coast to Colorado, that's been there for a bit. But according to CBS News, they say the U.S. is tracking the high-altitude balloon Flying over the western portion of the country with military aircraft spotting the balloon and determined it is not a threat, but origins and purpose are still unknown. According to sources familiar with the matter, who spoke on the condition, they say the balloon was drifting east in the jet stream on Friday earlier in the day. One official said the balloon was over Colorado. Its presence prompted enough concern that the military sent aircraft to further investigate. So... There we go. We have another spy balloon. We don't know where it's coming from. It could be a weather balloon. We're not sure. But I think right now the government with how bad they handled the first situation on the Chinese spy balloon that they're going to be extra vigilant this time to show during an election season, uh, season especially. That They are not allowing China to just walk over and just fly over our nation and spy on whatever the hell they want to. Colorado is a unique place as well. So it is interesting that they're flying over there, especially if it's going over the Colorado Springs area where there's like three military bases. And there's Pikes Peak, which is a military base inside of that as well. And some of the things that go on there. If you want to put on the conspiracy theory hats, we can go deeper down that rabbit hole as well but nonetheless a balloon flying over the country we don't know what it is the military looking at it it's not a threat but what are they gathering what type of intel and coincidentally if it is coming from the western portion of the country how in the world did it take us from let's just say california to colorado to actually recognize that it's there before we oh my gosh there's something in our skies We'll have some more information on that a little bit later. Outside of that, that's all the information that we actually know about the situation. Coming up on the program today, we have Dr. Julie Gatza. She is a new guest on the program. She is the co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. We are going to talk about a very unpopular topic. And by unpopular, I mean we all admit that we do it. And she's going to scare us into not doing it any longer. I'm not going to give you any more than that. The little breadcrumb of a tease for you to stay tuned in on what we're doing that could potentially be really harming our health coming up at the bottom of the hour. The other big news of the day that obviously we have to talk about. What's trending today? There's so much of it that we are going to do what we can here. But we have an election coming up. Not sure if you're aware of that or not. South Carolina, the big primary, coming up tomorrow. And uh, we still see Donald Trump slightly in the lead or majoritively in the lead, over Nikki Haley right now. She was on CNN earlier as she does her big campaign push, which I find ironic that she's on CNN and not like Fox News or Newsmax or some of the other conservative sites. She's not talking to them. She is talking to CNN, however, and saying that uh, she's still still adamant, man, that she is not backing out of this race even if she loses her home state by a devastating loss right now. The last numbers I saw was like 65 to 35 which is pretty bad for your own home state. But if you can't even win that, even with Democrat support, because it is an open caucus in South Carolina, or an open primary, got to be specific here, an open primary in South Carolina, meaning that you can be registered as a Republican or a Democrat, but as long as you're registered as, or even just registered, I believe independents can vote there as well, that as long as you're just registered, you can go and vote and choose which ballot you want to vote on. And if that's the case, then could she see the Democrats sway the side to vote for her because the Democrats have already had their primary already? And now you can't vote twice. That is the kicker. So... The question is, I wonder how many Democrats actually voted in the state of South Carolina already. Joe Biden won easily, hands down, in the state. But you can only vote once, so you can either vote in one or the other. How many of them reserved and saved their vote to vote in the Republican primary, that's tomorrow on Saturday, to vote for Nikki Haley to try and keep her in the race against Donald Trump? I'm curious. Or is there some other reverse psychology going on, or did they save their vote to vote in the primary in South Carolina, to vote for Donald Trump in the primary, to keep him uh, in a steady lead, to have him be the de facto Republican candidate because they think he's going to be easier to beat in the general election in 2024. Now you have to start thinking about all of the possible outcomes here and how the Democrats would look. Now, I don't know if they're necessarily that smart. And that long-term thinking, because, because right now they're kind of the irrational, we just want everything right now. So they don't want Donald Trump to be president, so you could see them voting for Nikki Haley. On the other hand... Are they voting for Donald Trump because they want him to be the candidate because they think he's easier to beat in 2024 for uh, the November general election? Nonetheless, Nikki Haley trying to keep her opportunities alive on the presidential campaign trail. And this is what she had to say with the CNN host. I don't know whatever her name is, the one that was like very uh, brutal against Donald Trump during that last town hall saying, hey, uh, would you actually support Donald Trump if you dropped out of this race?
2: We're we're talking about. Trump's embrace of Putin and, you know, he's encouraging Russia to attack U.S. allies if they don't spend enough uh, that what he believes they should be spending, what they've agreed to on defense. And you said that he's siding with someone, you know, who is a thug that kills and, and jails his his opponents, his dissidents, obviously talking about Putin. You've also said, though, that you would support Donald Trump if he's the Republican nominee. I wonder how you reconcile those two things or or does it make you uncomfortable that you may have to to vote for someone that you say does that
1: all right let's stop right there first off that's a really stupid question isn't it isn't that a real i mean that's just typical cnn that's the level that they're at the high q level that they're at you know donald trump said that he goes along with putin that everything's great which by the way they are starting the Russian collusion argument again with Donald Trump saying that the Russians want Donald Trump to be in there. They're going to aid and abet him to be in office again. Because while it may have been debunked the first time, they got away with it the first time, so why not try it again, right? I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. Now that they can't use their election fraud, at least the same style of election fraud they tried back in 2020, whether you believe that or not, whether that actually happened or not, that's up for you to decide on your own. But while they got away with it the first time in 2015-2016... And they impeached him twice in the House of Representatives because of the quote-unquote Russian collusion, even though it's been proven that he didn't collude with Russia in that election, they got away with it. And when you're a kid with your hand in the cookie jar and you don't get in trouble with your hand in the cookie jar, you're going to reach in and get another cookie at some point, right? So this election, while he's up in the polls over Joe Biden, overwhelmingly in every in every state, including many of the swing states where he's starting to lead and even starting to be in play in states where he's not supposed to be in play right now, they have to draw back what are the old cards? How do we bring him down? Oh, yes, Russian collusion. So that ties into the question that she asked here is that Donald Trump's friendly with Putin. Putin's obviously a dictator. Therefore, by default, making Donald Trump a dictator. And you, Nikki Haley, said that you would support Donald Trump if he is the nominee. How can you reconcile those two things? How can you say that you'd support him when he's supporting a dictator by default, then making him a dictator as well, right? a stupid question, but that's what CNN does. So Nikki Haley's response.
0: It doesn't make me uncomfortable when I'm running against him. The whole point of me running is because I don't think Donald Trump should be president. The whole reason I'm running is because I don't think Joe Biden should be president. And neither do 70% of Americans. 70% of Americans don't want to see Trump or Biden. 59% of Americans think Joe Biden's too old and think Donald Trump's too old. We need someone who can put in eight years of hard work, not making it about themselves, but making it about the American people. That's the focus that we need to have. That's what I'm trying to do. And the party that gets rid of their 80-year-old candidate is the party that will win. There will be a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. If Republicans nominate Donald Trump, it will be Kamala Harris. But if we can go and do what we're trying to do, we're going to make sure that it's me.
1: Whoa. That audio from CNN with her interview on the news outlet. So according to her, which I've noticed, she's starting to just randomly throw stuff out there. I, I don't know if she's trying to be like it, Trump, or sometimes he doesn't quite get his numbers right because he's just kind of railing off the cuff. I don't know if she's just desperate and wanting to demonize him the best she can, but she's randomly just throwing garbage out there that's not necessarily true. And it did happen with the interview she did recently with Fox News where she was trying to say that, you know, there were so many invasions with Russia doing so many shenanigan things under Trump's watch. And the host had to correct her that actually there were no invasions from Russia during the entire Trump reign and administration. That didn't happen at all. In fact, that happened during the Biden administration not the Trump administration kind of had to put Nikki Haley back in her place. So she's just saying random stuff talking about how bad Donald Trump is and how Donald Trump would not be able to handle the current situations of the time because it happened under his administration when that obviously didn't happen. In this situation, she's doing the same thing. 70% of Americans don't want Trump or Biden. 70%. That's her number. I'd like to know where she gets those numbers. Because the last I'm seeing is that all the primaries have him dominating in the primary elections. Now you can say, well, Andy, that's a small portion, but I'm pretty sure that the Republican Party registered Republicans across the nation are a little bit higher than 30 percent. Because if she says 70 percent of the nation doesn't want Donald Trump, that would mean that only registered Republicans are only 30 percent of the nation. And if they're only 30 percent of the nation, then I mean, I know we have low voter turnouts in this nation. So if you're including everybody, sure. But if you're only including the politically active ones that want to show up and vote, I would think that's a little bit closer to 40 to 50 percent, right? Because we have a pretty even tie between Republicans and Democrats, which is why we have general elections. And the general election, while we may even have more Democrats per se, that's why we have something called an electoral college. But 70 percent of the nation doesn't want Donald Trump as a nominee or to be president of the United States. And the fact that we're going to have a female president, it's either going to be Kamala Harris or it's going to be her is the assumption of what I call desperation on the campaign trail because she's got nothing else to run on. She's not winning over Republicans. She's not winning over conservatives, especially. Is she speaking at the Conservative Political Action Conference? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think she was even invited. In fact, Donald Trump's going to be speaking there tomorrow and on the national program over the weekend. We're going to air some of those clips because there's some really cool stuff going on at CPAC right now. But she's not speaking there. She's not winning over the Republicans that... She needs to win over in order to get this vote. What she's banking on is that she's going to try and ride through, hope Donald Trump actually gets in trouble to where he's going to be in jail or can't be on the ballot for whatever reason. She, by default, gets the nomination and then just forces conservatives to vote for her because they have nobody else to vote for. And I'm telling you, that's probably not a smart move because right now I guarantee you that with how so many conservatives don't like her and how much of a moderate rhino that she is, I would almost bet that there is a large chunk of conservatives if for whatever reason Donald Trump actually doesn't be on the ballot or can't run for president, which is not going to happen, by the way. But in the theoretical lens, the dream fantasy world that she's in, that if she is the nominee, how many of them go to RFK Jr.? Because he's more conservative in many aspects than she is I'm not saying you should do that i'm saying just in the guesstimation how many would probably choose that option for the first time in their entire life and not vote for that republican ticket she has no pathway but the desperation showing with how badly she's just making garbage up on the campaign trail
0: this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. So, what's
1: the next step? We have the South Carolina primary coming up tomorrow. More than likely, Donald Trump's going to win that one. And how ironic is it? Donald Trump goes to the conservative political action conference that's going on right now through tomorrow. He'll be speaking as the grand speaker at the very end of it. And he's going to be speaking there outside of South Carolina as opposed to being in the state during the election time. I find that kind of ironic. That's how big of a lead he has, and that's how he knows that he's going to win this one moving forward. But if Nikki Haley's got the money, then she's just going to continue on doing her thing. That's all that matters. That's all she really cares about. She's going to do it. Which, you know, what good for her? I mean, if she wants to keep that option open, cool. It's just how much money are you going to waste knowing that you're not going to actually win. You can't win this one. And no, it's not true. 70% of people don't want to see Donald Trump. I agree there is. A portion of the population, obviously, that doesn't want to. And if you look at the independent voters, yeah, that's something that is a cause for concern to figure out how to win them over if Donald Trump is the nominee, which more than likely is going to be. We have to have that conversation. But to just say overall that some seventy percent of Americans don't want him is complete bogus and malarkey, as Joe Biden would say. By the way, speaking of primary elections, do you remember? Let's go back to the New Hampshire primary for just a moment, the second one after the Hawkeye Cockeye. Do you remember the robocalls that were happening there that were Joe Biden saying, hey, don't worry about showing up to vote on primary day. Save your vote for the November election when we can stop the Donald Trump agenda. And it was in the voice of Joe Biden. It was one of those robocalls where it was a, like a faked one, a recorded one. But Joe Biden actually hadn't done it. It was a faked voice of Joe Biden that was recorded encouraging people not to show up to vote in New Hampshire. Remember that? It didn't work, but they tried it, the shenanigans. We had said back then the shenanigans of the Democrats already at play trying to confuse voters on what to do during election time because that's stupid. What what do you mean waste my vote? I can vote in the primary and the general, but they were trying to throw people off. Apparently, we found the individual that made this case where, according to NBC News, that it was a magician out of New Orleans who actually made the robocall for New Hampshire who's now under investigation for making this robocall. But during the interview process and the investigation, you know what they found? According to the magician, based out of New Orleans, that made the robocall, he said that a Democrat operative paid him to make the robocall actually happen. what type of democrat operative we don't know there's not enough information yet but the democrat party in some way somebody involved with the democrat party was the one that paid him to make this robocall some magician i don't know why they had to do a magician apparently he's not only good at pulling rabbits out of hats he's also good at making fake robocalls with some of the ai technology nonetheless he made this robocall now the question is how close of a tie does the dnc actually have to this That's trying to confuse voters and cause that anarchy as we get closer to election season, because mark my words, they're going to do more of this. They're going to confuse you to show uh, what day to show up, when to show up, how to show up. Can I show up? Am I able to show up and vote? What do I do here? How do I vote? They're going to make it more confusing as things get closer because that's their way of winning. Their way of winning is chaos and disorganization. And this is only the, just the brief step of now, to say that the entire Democrat Party was involved in this? No. Absolutely not. I've told the story before about an election that I was involved in during the college Republican times when I was in college where an organization, not going to not going to name them right now, uh, called me up and wanted me to get dirt on a political candidate. And I did. And they never paid me for it. And then I found out that it was illegal for them to do so in the first place. And it was a super PAC that was just wanting to do some campaigning for or against a candidate. And... I didn't know that they weren't allowed to contact me, so uh, that made breaking news just weeks before the election, and uh, I don't know how much of an impact that it had, but it was definitely entertaining and uh, caused a big ruffle in the community that we were in at the time. That could be one of those scenarios here, but those dirty politics being played already by Democrats wanting to cause that confusion, we already know it's happening. And they're getting busted for it. Guess what? Cat's out of the bag, man. The transparency's there you're not going to be able to do the backdoor deals like you used to be able to do we're watching you we know what's going on and we're not going to allow you to take advantage of that again in 2024 lots more coming up here right around the corner for the voice of reason
0: this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed.
1: Welcome back into it. We have so much to get to, so little time to do it on the home stretch, Last half hour of the program, by the way, if you're not aware, which if you're not, then the hell's wrong with you, man. The Conservative Political Action Conference at CPAC ongoing in Washington, D.C. right now. We will try and play some of the audio clips of that a little bit later. We will definitely be covering that on the syndicated weekend program as well. So stay tuned in. There are some really interesting guests this year. The media having a heyday about the El Salvador president, President Naive Bukele, that spoke yesterday evening, coming up tomorrow, apparently at CPAC. They also have uh, the populist president from Argentina, Javier Mili, that will be speaking. So uh, interesting guests for sure and the media losing their minds over these. Like calling this a Bukele a dictator down there, which uh, <laughs> if you follow that one at all, if you follow that situation down there at all, he is the only president that's actually declared war against the gangs like MS-13 down in El Salvador, and they went from the uh, the violent death crime country of the world to now the safest nation in Central America after cleaning up some of the gangs, and he's arrested more than like 70,000 MS-13 gang members that are all in jail in El Salvador. So he's completely turned that place around, and he continues to battle that gang, and he came up and spoke at CPAC yesterday fascinating stuff we'll play some of that a little bit later all right i want to shift gears a little bit
0: what's trending today
1: i want to talk about health because we enjoy talking about health on this program ever since the COVID 19 pandemic waking so many people up to the health fact and i for those that don't know i have been doing it this week and today i feel the best i have all week long as of tuesday so i'm on day number four right now i have been doing a straight fasting no food Water and tea is all I've been doing for the last, and I'm going to go six days, so Monday is the next day I can eat, and I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I've been doing a straight fasting for the last few days, and it's always like day two or three where you feel like the worst, you get kind of a headache and feel kind of meh, and then all of a sudden, like the, the switch changes, and day number four today, I feel like I've taken a vitamin B or like an energy drink. I, I have had so much energy today, I feel absolutely amazing, I've been drinking my water, and I'll hopefully continue this on for the next couple of days, but... When I go back to eating, I know this is going to be a controversial one. I know people are going to be mad about talking about this, but the types of food that you put into your body, what does it do to you and how healthy are you really as you do your certain lifestyles? Happy to talk about this and some more. Really happy to have on. She's a co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. It's Dr. Julie Gatza. Julie, how are you, my friend?
0: I'm
3: good. Nice
1: to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. Excited to have you on the program. Do you do that? Is, is fasting healthy for you? Because I love doing this about once or twice a year.
3: You know, I think switching it up at any level is always healthy. You know, we get into our own ruts of what we do and uh, follow our diets the way we follow it. And if you, you know, fast or intermittent fast, or just switch it up and go all carnivore, I think it's just good for the body to be uh, awoken.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. I love it. It just kind of hits the reset button on things, which is uh, which is really nice. Let's talk about the certain foods that we put into our body and and what it does to us. And obviously. Uh, the big one is fast food, which I'm a sucker for, and I see the ads for certain fast foods, and especially when I'm hungry right now, I really want them. But these are probably the worst things that you could put into your body, isn't it?
3: Yes, you know, I call it unfood, and the reason being is it has um, no protein, no uh, real fat, no essential, you know, nutrients and enzymes, and not in general. Let's just put a piece of fish up against a box of fries. The fish has great fats and protein and nutrients and minerals. And so when you're eating a box of fries, you're actually taking nutrition from your body to try to break down that toxic food. So I call it an unfood because you're not getting anything from it. It's taking from you and it leaves you with toxins that the body then has to deal with. And, you know, as lovely as it tastes and great as it is on occasion – um, when you start eating that way all the time, you really do mess up your metabolism. You crave it more. Uh, you know, you're going to get soft and fluffy and you're not going to have the energy that you would like, including this goes for the kids that are eating it as well.
1: Sure. The toxins that you get from these things, how long do those stay in your body unless you try to actually cleanse them up and stop in taking these things? I mean, what? how exactly do they stay in your body and what do they do to you?
3: Well, when you have toxins in the body, what will often occur is you have fat cells that surround the um, toxins. So by having that occurring, people are going to put more weight on just in general to try to protect their body from the toxins. It also depends on how great your digestive system is working. If you're continually doing this, I mean, if you have pain and inflammation and chronic problems and skin conditions and itchy skin and can't sleep and restless legs and gas and you know, digestion problems, and constipation, and acid reflux, all those things are indications that you are toxic.
1: Wow. Uh, It is unfortunate when you start seeing some of those. And I think people really get that high, don't they? When they eat this kind of food, we get the high, we feel really good, but then we have a really hard crash afterwards, don't we?
3: Yes, it's true. And you know, yeah, you feel so great. Everyone's in a good mood. And, you know, shortly after that, you become bloated shortly after that you know your digestion isn't working so great you put a probably some type of pop with that as well so you're not able to break down the food because when you drink coffee tea and soda pops it does change how you can absorb so now you've thrown the you know the soda pop on top of this unfood and uh you know you're going to crash at some point within you know half an hour to 45 minutes and then everyone's in a big fight in the car or at work or you want to take a nap under your desk at at lunch yeah. and uh you know after it's all sort of said and done an hour later you now have inflammation in the body so you wake up the next day and you're achy and you're sore and you think it's just you're old or you haven't worked out and the fact is it's really what you ate
1: yeah how do you get rid of that crash in the middle of the day i have that even if i don't eat fast food if i bring uh you know bring any type of food i'll bring stuff just to make a sandwich you know that and do it uh, on my own but no matter what when i try to eat in the middle of the day i always feel that crash how do you get rid of something like that
3: Eat protein in the morning and uh, knock out your coffees, your teas, and your soda pops. With people that generally miss um, eating in the morning, their bodies are now wanting food, so they eat whatever they eat for lunch, and then the body's like, wow, thank you for the up, but we're going back down because you didn't (laughs) feed it on time. So with that occurring, um, you don't want to skip breakfast. Now, I get what you're doing right now, and intermittent fasting has its own thing, but People who snack at night also are the people who generally skip breakfast or they're eating like, um, you know, uh, an English muffin and a cup of coffee and calling it a morning breakfast, which isn't, you need the protein with every meal.
1: Need the protein. But it is true then it sounds like breakfast is the most important meal of the day.
3: I mean, it certainly sets it up and, you know, it's a break of a fast, which is, you know, the body's um, not eating at night. So the body is, you know, relaxing and it doesn't have to work too hard and it's Healing at this point. So when it wakes up in the morning, you know, you do want to give it the fuel that it needs, but you want to give it good fuel, not cereals and, you know, toasts and croissants and muffins and things like that. You want to give it, you know, eggs and bacon and some sausage and maybe the fish from last night or a piece of steak or some chicken, whatever it may be you want to put the
1: protein in. Yeah, I like that. We're talking with Dr. Julie Gatta. She's with the Florida Wellness Institute. You can find them online at FloridaWellnessInstitute.com. I'm in the wrong industry with radio because people bring boxes of donuts all the time for breakfast, and I try not to overtake and indulge in some of those. Uh, There are a lot of chemicals in fast food that are even banned in other nations because they're so bad for you. They're made in other things. They're uh, not even food. How in the world are we able to get away with putting some of the stuff in our fast food here when other nations don't even allow us to consume them because of how bad they are for you?
3: I just can't get into that topic because it's just <laughs> such a wild spreading topic on why it's occurring. But, you know, our, our soils changed, our seeds have changed. You know, the food that is now presented has changed from when I was a kid. And we just don't have nutrients that we are supposed to have in our regular everyday shopping food at the grocery store much less now the fast foods are just allowed to put such weird things it really is unfood. Yeah. And you know if you really can put that into your brain and think with it, you know the most important system of your body is your digestive system. Everyone thinks it's your heart, but if you don't get nutrition in your heart will not beat. So mm-hmm. the digestive system is the one area that if you you know, treat it well, or you've been on a binge and you want to get better, you start to improve upon this. And it's amazing how many um, disease processes that are already starting and, you know, really bad situations and symptoms change quickly when you start to eat um, the right things and digest your food.
1: Yeah. And that goes along with, and you kind of mentioned it already a little bit, but when you have these toxins going through your body, you don't have the proper digestion. You don't have things running smoothly. Does this hurt your immune system? Do you get sick more frequently because your immune system's too worried about breaking stuff down in your stomach as opposed to fighting off bad things?
3: That's exactly right. And there's something called leaky gut, which is, you know, your intestine has been so bombarded by so many um, foods that you can't digest properly that um, particles of food and toxins go into your bloodstream. Your immune system is constantly battling that because they shouldn't be there. It should just be the nutrition from the food. And so people's immune systems are constantly overwhelmed with the food that they're eating, and now they can't fight the environmental things. So they're more allergic to the animals and the the pollens and, you know, get sick more often. You know, one of the ways that I helped to battle this with my um, patients for 33 years is to give them high-quality digestive enzymes. It's kind of a, a secret that people don't actually know about it. People are taking multivitamins. Great, take them. But wouldn't it be better to get the nutrition from your food? And that's why taking a high-quality digestive enzyme is good. I use one called Absorbate, but you can take it even on an empty stomach, and it will help out with viruses and bacteria and toxins and inflammation. And if you take it with your food, you're breaking down your food, like getting the most nutrition you can, like wringing it out from it.
1: Boy, we need more of that. We need more of that. We need some of that clean eating as well. We got about 30 seconds left here, Julie. But uh, in your opinion, how do we get back to clean eating with grocery stores that put every pesticides on everything when the food doesn't have as many nutrients as it used to? How do we get back to that clean eating? Is it just growing our garden in the back and doing it that way?
3: Yeah, but who really has the time for that? So, you know, and if the fact is it would be lovely to go back to clean eating and just expect it to be that way. My only thing is Shop on the perimeter of the grocery store. You're better to do that than eating fast foods and eating the things inside the aisles and, and uh, you know, take a good digestive enzyme. It will help to break that down. Um, the website for the Absorbate is naturesources.com, and uh, you can get some free samples or you can get 20% off your first order. You can also use the uh, 1-800 number, which is 1-800-827-7656. Use the code RADIO. I love you get it. Free
1: I love it. Good stuff Dr. Julie Gantt. Go check it out floridawellnessinstitute.com is the website. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the program. We got to do it again real soon.
3: All right,
1: thank you. Appreciate
0: it. Lots more coming up. Stay it right is here. The voice of reason with Andy Hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with
1: Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. The last few minutes of the program. Thanks again to Dr. Julie Getz. I told you, I told you it was going to be a controversial conversation. Andy, how dare you make me feel guilty about eating my fast food. <laughs> We're not saying that. Enjoy it. But in moderation because the long-term health effects are there. I, I love, and this is where the conversation goes with the universal health care argument, obviously, is that some believe that they can do whatever they want to. They can eat as much of the fast food. They can be addicted to McDonald's, for example, and just eat it day in and day out without any consequence. And then when they do have, God forbid, have a heart or health issue, then they're like, oh, I can't afford the medical bill. So socialize healthcare, Take care of me when we want to take care of ourselves and our own individual responsibility is our own self. And it goes just beyond politics with, you know, the student loan debt bailouts or with whatever else the government trying to do to centralize that power, it comes to us making our own health decisions. Do what you want. I love my fast food. I'm still going to continue to eat it, but uh, with my four-day fasting, I feel good right now, and I don't want to lose that good feeling. So I'll do it as a celebratory at some point and then not get back on it on a regular time. All right, let's get into one more what's trending, shall we?
0: What's trending today?
1: By the way, CPAC is ongoing right now. Kimberly Fletcher currently speaking at CPAC. If you go to CPAC.org, you can see some of that. They have uh, some stuff coming up, I think, throughout the evening for a little bit longer until tomorrow being the final uh, day of CPAC with a lot of great guests, as Javier Milley, president for Argentina, he'll be speaking. That will be really interesting to see how he does. Uh, Donald Trump will be speaking to wrap up the convention as well. We do have some guests uh, that will be, I'm going to say, our voice of reason correspondent at CPAC that'll be joining us on our syndicated program over the weekend. So be really cool. So stay tuned in for that one. Outside of that, there is with the elections going on, as you know, all eyes are on South Carolina, not just for the primary. But also for the fact that we here, Ronna McDaniel, will be stepping down by essentially this weekend or early next week after Donald Trump's victory in South Carolina. Which means we have a vacant, open chair seat for the Republican National Committee. Not probably the best situation we could be in during an election season, but still decent for us to start seeing some different changes in leadership for us to do something a little bit different. One of those names that has been floated out there, of course, has been Laura Trump, the wife of Erica Trump who's been endorsed by Donald Trump, to be the new chairwoman for the RNC. Now, for those that don't know what the RNC is really about, really just like what it is with your state Republican Party, just like what it is with your county Republican Party, is that essentially the whole role is to do fundraising, to find candidates, and to try and push them during election season. That's the goal, to set the platform-ish of the Republican Party, although we can see how well we actually follow through with that when we have you know Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski and Liz Cheney and some of these other big names That aren't conservative. So we have a platform, but it's very loosey goosey on how we actually enforce the platform based on those elected officials that run under that Republican umbrella. But the main goal is supposed to be for fundraising and for the helping campaigns during election season. Laura Trump says that if she does get this chair seat, that she would focus that as priority number one in this year's elections. I was
2: honored by the endorsement of my father-in-law for co-chair of the RNC. They do still have to vote, ultimately. Um, We'll see what happens with that. But I think that is goal number one. Day number one is we need to start fundraising on the Republican side of the aisle because The Democrats have a war chest. They have a ton of money at their disposal. We know all that Joe Biden, despite him being a horrific candidate and having just really awful polling that you see right now across the board for him. um, He does have a lot behind him. He's got a lot of money behind him. He's got the mainstream media behind him. He's got the Democrat political machine behind him. And so we have a lot of ground to cover between now and November 5th, I think. Day number one, we need to reassure voters and people who love this country and would otherwise be donating to the RNC but are a little little hesitant right now, indeed, every single penny of every dollar you donate to the RNC will go to causes you care about. We'll go to ensuring Donald Trump becomes the next president. We'll go to expanding our lead in the House with America First patriots. We'll go to taking back the Senate. So, Yes, we have a lot of catch up to do with fundraising. I believe we can get there. I believe that the people of this country are ready to fight and they're going to fight all the way to November
1: 5th. There it is, the audio from Fox News again Laura Trump potentially being the next chairwoman for the RNC. If that happens, has to be voted on by the committee. Obviously, to see whether that is going to happen or not. I look, they're business people. And while I don't necessarily agree with uh, I don't agree with it at all, to be clear, with a dynasty of one family running an entire party were the Republican Party, not the Donald Trump Party. I understand that. They're business people. And what better people to get in power, for a short time at least, to do fundraising, to do business things, to raise money, and to run the party like a business to make it efficient and make sure that we win these elections coming up in November. It's a conversation to be had, or at least to ponder for a short amount of time at least, I would think. That does it for us today. Back at it again on Monday. Plus, we have our weekend shows as well. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.